No Gods, No Monsters contains spoilers, profanity, and substance use. forget your age when someone asks how old you are when you're buying alcohol i always forget my age um so yes but i'm never really asked that i just say mid 30s <laughs> i feel like someone will ask me it just randomly too and i feel like suddenly a voice will come out of me that i don't recognize and just say the wrong age <laughs> like i was i was buying beer yesterday and she goes can't tell underneath the mask how old are you huh now at 37 and like i won't tell y'all how old i am but i'm not 37 and then I was like, oh my god, what if she checks it's the wrong one? But I don't know why I said it. So I've decided that I think that that's 37-year-old me time-traveling and speaking through me. Oh. Um, and I got a little taste. Just a little taste. Yeah, that's how time travel works? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. With that makes, spirits. That makes me want to watch a uh, pick a different movie. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome to No Gods, No Monsters. We're the anti-capitalist kaiju and monster movie podcast in a world where no one's coming to save us. I'm Rabbit. I'm Charles. And I'm Bardo. And today we're talking about 1980s Gamera Super Monster. Before we get into that, a little sneak peek of what we'll be talking about in the coming episodes. Bardo, it's your pick for the next movie. What are we watching? I have been wanting to talk about this movie since my last movie podcast. Paranormal Activity. There's something there. Hell yeah. I've never seen seen a paranormal activity. I think the first one is pretty dope. Uh, It's not like masterful filmmaking, but I think it's pretty Mm. dope. And there is something looming in Paranormal Activity besides fucking ghosts and i'm so excited to talk about it all right awesome. cool what a good pick it's this uh, series i've always felt like i should check out at least one of them so yeah i've, cool. I've never watched any of the other ones i can't speak to them but uh, Hell first yeah. one's kind of dope and then after that we're jumping back into the godzilla series with the first movie of the heisei era return of godzilla I am really stoked to be in the Heisei era. So we got some yeah. good, juicy stuff coming up, folks. I'm excited. Hell yeah. Penguins. Before uh, we get into the synopsis, uh, did anybody do any research that needs to be cited for this film? Oh, I should mention. I forgot to mention. We're not just talking about 1980s Gamera Super Monster. We didn't really want to talk about Gamera Super Monster for hours, so we're also each pitching our potential fantasy Gamera movie. Uh, And so, like, hold on, because we're going to talk about Gamera Super Monster a little, and then we're going to go into how we would make a Gamera film. So you won't want to miss that. Okay, research. Who did research? What y'all got? (laughs) I watched the commentary for this with Richard Pusateri. You never let us down, Charlie. Fuck yes. Uh, although he didn't really like the movie, and he did. He starts off by saying that he did never really liked Gamera, so I don't know why he, <laughs> he did the. This poor turtle. He starts out by talking about how he loved Godzilla, and he'd always hate it how people would like say that uh, 
kaiju movies are just like unartistic and it's just men in costumes stomping, stomping on cardboard. And he's like, but the Gamma movies are actually like that. <laughs> 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 I was like, go fuck yourself. And he's like, this movie gave, doing the comments, doing my research for this gave me a little bit more respect for Gamera. <laughs> but this movie's <Yes>. terrible. <laughs> That's so funny. I, I love that they can't even find anybody who likes it for the commentary. Like, how? I would have done it. I, can... <laughs> I You know, I, I read some, like, Letterboxd reviews for it. There are a couple of, like, apologists on Letterboxd who are, who sure. are like, trying to make an argument for, like, why this is a good movie and i kept thinking like go fuck yourself i i i don't buy the idea that this is like that that like after five movies it like is good to have a retrospective a best of you know like there's no i don't know after I didn't seven find movies very much re- any redeeming anything and any redeeming qualities about this movie all right, well, that's a little sneak peek into how one of us feels about the Sorry. movie. But first, we're going to... No, you're good. Let's let's talk about uh, what this movie's about. Charlie, can you enlighten us, those of us who haven't seen this, or perhaps haven't seen this already five other times? Sure. Aliens have come to take over Earth. Oh, no, this is a first. Luckily, there are three alien gorgeous ladies of warm heartedness already on Earth, ready to protect the planet. To add on to this, there's a boy who can use his prayers to turn turtles into gamoras. Behold the power of prayer, amen. The bad aliens <laughs> utilize an entire roster of kaiju to try to take Gamera down, but luckily they're all monsters he has done battle with before, so he knows all their powers and weaknesses. Gamera is so familiar, in fact, with these kaiju already, that even though all these fight scenes are newly filmed, they look identical to past movies. <laughs> Gamera sacrifices himself to take down the bad alien mothership, a true hero. The kid flies off to the ladies, given superpower, super alien powers now. What a life. Kid wins, the gorgeous ladies of warm-heartedness win, humanity wins, the audience wins, yet again. Gamera secretly survives and goes into hibernation for a decade and a half. The end. It's Gamera, super monster, baby. Hell yeah. Yeah, they were it was kinda like the, the remake of Psycho. They did a pretty good shot for shot rendition <laughs> as a tribute uh, to the old ones. Yeah. I, I have to say, this movie has such a bad reputation that it set me up to like it way more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. I gotta say. Like I I was ready to hate it and I I like I put it at the end at the bottom of my list below Zegra. But part of me thought I was like I feel like it's just because it was reused footage. I actually think I enjoyed it more than Zegra, um, but that's yeah. also a really terrible film. Yeah, um, which one was Zegra? I'm sorry, that was the 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 one with the, the shark, shark one and the Sea World. Oh yeah, you're right. That was really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would definitely put it ahead of Zegra, and I think I'd put it ahead of Virus too. And Zegra is the only one of these that I've outright disliked. Sure, I thought. The new stuff was like a fun little story. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like doing a greatest hits uh, compilation of um, just going back and seeing all the best parts of the monster fights in the previous movies. That I would have felt really cheaped out at the time. So I think yeah. maybe going in knowing that that's what this was, like it just it was just fine. It was fun to do like a an overview of all the other movies. Um, 
and uh, interspersed with what I thought was just a fun, creative, new uh, story. I had a good time with it. Nothing special, but I jammed with it. Totally. Barta, let it loose. I can see you you <laughs> no, bursting. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, so I sort of have this this feeling that, like, the fact that a film was made is so is a, like a miracle in itself like every <laughs> every film is a miracle like all these people like you're glad it exists well and, i'm not yeah. like glad it exists it's just amazing okay. that it does like all sure. of these people came together with all of these resources and like worked together and and produced this this thing and whether it's good or bad like it's a miracle that it exists and i don't feel that way about this movie it's just <laughs> it's just uh, uh i don't know i don't know how anyone felt good about what this was like i don't know that they did they I, needed money they were like failing and yeah they were like how do we make the cheapest movie we can possibly make i was i was watching like i wanted to like the um the the three uh space ladies superheroes a lot. yeah i really wanted to like them but i just kept feeling bad for their situation that that they were in <laughs> they had so little to do and they they were the only the only thing in this movie that was like they they were almost like the raison d'etre of the film you know and and yet there was just nothing for any of them to chew on and i i just i felt awkward what with them uh, while i was watching the movie <laughs> i definitely felt like part of their like i would be trying to root for them but then some of the things they were be being told to do as actors or whatever made so little sense. It was like everything was working against me. Yes. Like them suddenly tr like getting shot at and then just transforming back with like just things <laughs> that make no sense. Like, why are you in the middle of getting shot? You're just transforming. Like so many things that were just like, I'm trying really hard movie to love you, but I, I get your point. Yeah, it was hard. And also they were friends with this child the whole time. And I thought that was creepy. It was a little creepy. Um, I get that. Like, Children are like magnificent wonders in uh, Gamera <laughs> movies, but like I kept thinking, like these are grown women, women who are just have become fast friends with this like eight, six year old. I don't know, little little kid. Very strange. Sure, don't just yeah. invite that child over to your house. <laughs> uh, yeah, there are a couple things there. Um, the part where the mom like goes to the head of the three aliens she's like if you see my son please send him home and then she like sees him and uh and they just hang out and she shows him where she sleeps in her van and then they're like <laughs> i think they like go back and play something on the keyboard or something and then he goes home um, i have a magic van and then, nothing creepy about that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the end like after Gamera dies or whatever, they just give the kid flying powers and go flying around with him. <laughs> like, this is a little kid. And then, but the mom might be okay with it because the bad alien, they decide to save her. And the mom, like, lets him sleep in the same bed as her <laughs> and lets her sleep over. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, so what is weird. going on? I also, did you notice, to me, the weirdest part, so it would be a lie to say I had 
all of my attention on this movie. I was definitely didn't. Yes, yeah, but here. the part that threw me off the most was when the kid started playing off the song he knew on piano, not the Gamer song, like the really shitty uh, one that's mm-hmm. like was probably just a, like a preset button on the synth. Um, the main woman, the pet shop owner, looked like pissed. And she, like, was, like, raising her fist and looked, like, really upset. And then afterwards, she was like, yay! And I was like, I don't understand anything happening. Like, I've, uh, I don't know. I missed that reaction. But it also Maybe would I make read sense wrong. to me that sure. they were just like, show emotion. And she's like, yeah. which one? And it's like, doesn't matter. <laughs> we're out of time. <laughs> yeah. Any emotion. Yeah, just, we gotta go. <laughs> uh, totally. My, my, I did, like the um the synthesizer that lets you look at anything in the world uh yeah i think that was a cool device like plot plot device and um i want one of like more of that in film i want a cool synthesizer that does magic I, think, I love yeah. that that's how they controlled all their technology was synths. Yeah. That was so cool. Yeah. And it was clearly just because they didn't have money to build like a fake well, control panel, but it was awesome. Yeah. Um, the commentator, he suspected that maybe there was some product placement involved, that that was just like oh. Yamaha. And then like, I guess all the cars were, were Mazdas. So, mm. yeah. Don't they um, say Mazda in it? Probably. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I vaguely remember that. Um, funny. Well, do y'all want to go into awards and then we can keep talking about the general general things that come up? Yeah. Oh, did I wait? Um, oh, yeah, another thing about that alien lady uh, in terms of creepy relationship with the kids, she just kind of stalks him and then yeah. she doesn't know Gamera exists until he brings it to life. And she's like, stalks the kid and she like goes to his school and rubs it in his face that Gamera lost his fight. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh so, so hard. weird. <laughs> she's so petty she would do that. <laughs> and also, I mean, this just reminds me of the thing that we were talking about earlier about uh you know, like did Gamera already exist mm-hmm. as like a franchise and this or like in an uh, all monsters attack way because stuff kept happening in his dreams with Gamera. Mm. I don't know. It felt like they were heavily influenced by that movie. Excuse me, but they couldn't like nail down where the divide between dream and reality was. It was just all over the place. Yeah, not only that, but in those dream sequences, those are shots from uh, animes <laughs> um, from Battleship oh, yeah. from yeah. Battleship Yam- Yamato. And uh, Galaxy Express 999. Yeah. Yeah. I Apparently, uh, one of the producers on camera had to do with the studio that made those animes, I guess. So, like... It occurred to me that, like, maybe they just stole them and were just like, fuck it, they look cool. I just assumed they were Dye Movies, the company that made the movie, and they were just like, we got to throw a little more in there. So just, I guess all we have is cartoons left. But that was, that was just such a fuck it, we don't give a shit move. <laughs> I loved it. And then having like, it wasn't even like, you know, in a Hedora, it works because it's like its own thing. But in this one, you have Gamera flying in live action at like a train. <laughs> yeah. It's not. It was so good. It, it's, it's so didn't care that it was a clip show that it was way more endearing than the ones where they tried to sneak it in yeah. um, uh, like 
bad but endearing mm-hmm. like funny yeah I, I, I did like that they they made a model ship uh, mm-hmm. for like a couple shots to like steal the like they just did the star wars like opening yes. shot which was very yes. strange yeah and totally had like a couple and it looked awful it looked just like a really bad model spaceship and then <laughs> and then like what they do like two or three shots of the model spaceship and then cut to a cartoon of a completely different spaceship <laughs> <laughs> Very strange. Strange movie. So strange. They also made a new model of Gamera, but they didn't want to put the money into a... They had planned to make a device so his jaws could open and close, but they didn't want to put the money into that, so they didn't. Uh, They also made a new Gamera suit, which they did not put in the movie. They only put in the advertising. (laughs) Amazing. I love that. Oh my god. Wow. That's so funny. (laughs) Well, if y'all don't mind, I'm going to go first with the first award, favorite shots. My favorite shots were the all the space drawings in the opening of the movie. I <laughs> loved that shit. Like, first it was just stars, and it just, like, the banger Gamera song. Incredible. Then just a galaxy was on the edge of my seat. Then the space, more space drawings, and then that spaceship. I, it was all s- just like still drawings, but it was by far the best part of the movie. <laughs> Favorite shots, one through four. Also, very educational, teaching us science about the universe. So for any totally. homeschool school parents out there that need uh, to teach their kids about space, sit them in front of some Gamera movies. They'll learn. Yeah, specifically Super Monster. Mm-hmm. Trust us. <laughs> My um, favorite shot is... I, I think it got hit by a laser, but there's this shot where a helicopter gets sliced in half by a laser, and then the guys just like fall out of either side of the helicopter. Uh, oh, yeah. That was very, very funny to me. That shit's it's... why Gaios is so great, because that's, yeah. that's from Gaios, and he's just cutting it. Like the car they got cut in half, that's all from Gaios. Oh, that movie's no incredible. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The set pieces in that movie, like the props and things, like those little things are so good. I love how it's just such a straight, like diagonal line, like right down it. It's so yeah. good. It it looked uh I mean it looked like if you were to to do a piece of community theater and needed yeah. your helicopter to split in half and everyone exactly. to fall out of it. Uh, okay, we'll make two wooden parts on wheels and then we'll just separate yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. Holy. <laughs> How about you, Charlie? Favorite shots? I liked when the kid is running on the beach and in the room they put the TV screen on the wall and he jumps through it from the beach into the room. Uh, I thought that was like a really creative and neat. (laughs) And then I also liked the uh, kung fu fight at the end between um, the head alien lady and the bad alien lady. Uh, Oh yeah. yeah. The head alien lady is actually a professional wrestler. Um oh, which, fuck is, yes. which is why in my synopsis I said glorious ladies of warm hardness. I probably should have just wrestled. But uh yeah, I thought that was that was a, a nice little fight. Um 
uh, more accomplished than I would expect from such a low budget movie. Totally. The the TV screen on the wall that was just like a square mm-hmm. reminded me of have y'all ever watched the needle drops reviews? Oh yeah. He, mm-hmm. he yeah. just has a square of like green screen. <laughs> I totally that same shit. He he stole it from camera for sure. Yeah. yeah. I believe he gives this movie a light seven. <laughs> <laughs> That's really high. <laughs> He's got taste. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, dumb cop of the week. I hope we all have the same one. So bad. Those guys that fell out of the helicopter. <laughs> nice. Hell yeah! <laughs> Just for being in a helicopter. Charlie. Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't really think that hard about this one. I I was just thinking about that cop with the turtle. Um, same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too small of a vase don't keep a turtle in a vase yeah he's I, like the turtle shouldn't be in such a cramped thing by the way i picked this yeah he's <laughs> like don't ever put a turtle in something like yes. this <laughs> exactly and then he threatens to arrest the yeah. kids like what a terrible cop and he's like ha 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 just kidding after they obviously frightened the hell yeah Dumb cop. Mm-hmm. For all of our cop listeners out there, don't joke about arresting people. It's not nice. Yeah, and don't put turtles or anything else in a vase, mm-hmm. especially not flowers. Unless, you don't deserve them. Unless it's another cop. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. But not if it's a turtle cop, because that's like a weird gray area. Yeah, that's true. Okay, finally, our Praxis Award. I'm going to give it to the bad woman, Garuj, 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 I don't know how to say her name. Uh, from the spaceship Xenon for electrocuting the guy who was hitting on her with his with her hand, that was cool. Do y'all remember that? He was like, "Come on, you want to have a good time tonight?" And she just electrocuted him. Yeah, was that so, was that the bad alien? For some reason, I just think that was one of the good aliens. Um, I think it was the bad alien. Okay. The, the good alien said they would never harm anyone. That's true. Yeah, I'm gonna give it to Gamera for sacrificing himself to take down the alien battleship. Hell yeah. Is that what happened? I had tuned out to all the I, yeah. I actually completely forgot that happened until I was writing the synopsis and I like looked at the <laughs> Wikipedia and it said that happened. So then I uh, brought up the end of the movie again to rewatch. I'm like, oh, that is what happens. Hell yeah. Damn. Going out with a bang. I'm going to say the as much as I don't trust their motivations, the... <laughs> The space women for uh, befriending a kid who was clearly kind of a loser. And, uh, <laughs> and teaching him to fly. That's great. I love that. Uh, I want to give a little uh, a praxis nod to the mom for telling the kid that turtles should live in their natural habitat. Yes. Um, true. Yeah. And then a bonus praxis to the kid for releasing the turtle, and another little tiny praxis for the to the turtle for winking. <laughs> I think I missed that. Yeah, it goes like boop, and it does a sound effect. It's oh, great. that camera! Yeah, it was weird. Something. Can I before we leave this? Oh, we got time. We're, this topic yeah, we're all together. I realized pretty early on that despite this movie not having anything in it, really. It also has three plots that sort of go on at the same time. They, most of them just kind of stop, but yeah, there the was kid w- yeah, go the, ahead. the space women and the space antagonists who include 
a just golden egg in the sky uh, that doesn't yeah. really come back. But um, there, the police officer, it felt like a that was like a a whole another subplot that didn't like get flushed out at all, you know, because they like go what what were they trying to do with the police officer? I forget. They had like a comic book that had the cop with the turtle, and that's how they found him. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and he, for some reason, assumed that they were conflating him with a police officer in a comic book, which was really strange. Because a bunch of kids had already done that. I, oh, He's like, really? are you more kids who are doing this? What yeah. a weird... I'm not in that comic friend. book. <laughs> this movie is so weirdly meta on itself. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, that was... Uh shonen jump comic that was like a real comic so i think that was supposed to be like a reference that people would get um and not supposed to be not really supposed to be a plot point itself but just like a fun little reference oh i I felt like we went on this whole detour about like a police officer in a park and uh yeah and Mm -hmm. it felt like we were gonna keep going from that and and instead he went to the pet store Interesting. Because yeah. he didn't get the turtle from the police yeah, officer. You're right. He got the turtle from the pet from store. The pet store. But it yeah. got him thinking about turtles. <laughs> yes, except he was already I, into Gamera. He was already thinking about turtles. True. I do want to say, have you I know you haven't, Barto. Charlie, have you seen Gamera the Brave? That's the only one I've not seen. This movie is clearly the inspiration for Gamera the Brave, which uh-huh. really surprised me. Like, it's about a little kid who gets a pet turtle who starts, like, flying and spinning and shit. And, like, <laughs> I was very surprised. Uh, this is clearly, they were like, let's do Gamera Super Monster better. Yeah. There's no space women. There is, there's um, something good in there. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I just have to say, speaking of space women, my favorite line of the movie is, I'm starting to think you might be an evil space woman. Yeah, was, he just like was making assumptions about the spaciness of these people, and, and he's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are the other weird lines in this movie? I don't remember. I just wrote down, "We'll have to explode it." I don't remember what he was talking <laughs> about. And then, and then the other Hell one yeah. that really. Once they like ran out of plot and they were just going from clip to clip to clip was meanwhile on the planet where monsters yes. are kept. Uh, yeah. really made <laughs> I was really wondering, I was like, how are they going to tie Giron in? Oh, I bet it's going to be like a monster planet instead of monster Island. And boom, one line, they only needed one line and yeah. they could use Solved. Giron. <laughs> so great. Um, but yeah, otherwise I, I just really couldn't figure out like my first note after it looks terrible was um, <laughs> I like that all the motivations are completely opaque. Why are these space women here? And why would this other ship travel from another galaxy to fuck with them? The only explanation I remember was that they are that evil space guy already destroyed their planet. And now he wants to destroy our planet but not necessarily like destroy, like blow up the planet. Like he wanted to control it. I don't know. It was like thinner than yeah. It was paper thin. It's just no. Everyone's motivations for doing everything were bewildering to me. Yeah, but I really tried. I felt like I tried to like this movie. Good job, thanks, Bato. Uh, <laughs> I felt there were two kind of interesting Godzilla influences in the movie. One of them was when the the good alien space women turned tiny like the uh shobajin mm-hmm. 
Um, That felt like a funny nod. And then also their alarm sounded not exactly, but almost like the Ghidorah sound, the (laughs) which is also the Ultraman. They use the Ghidorah sound is the Ultraman alarm for like the SSSSP or whatever in the original Ultraman series. And since this was their alarm and they're the team, it felt like a nod, but I don't know. Wild. There's also like a poster for a, Godzilla movie. Yeah, um, there was an, oh, shit. There was an overt yeah. Godzilla reference in there. Yeah, it wasn't Godzilla. It was something like Gozilla or Dozilla. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. Totally. Did see that. I feel like I actually really... Okay, there's a moral to this movie, I think. There, maybe there's two. I mean, the the first moral is like something to do with the, the end. It's like just thrown in the end but like to kill or harm any living thing goes against our principles and then they help the bad lady and she doesn't kill them because she saw good people isn't that nice but then i do think let me show you how beautiful the world is and them flying off i think that's the best last line we've ever had in a show era godzilla or gamma movie it was great <laughs> <That's pretty good. laughs> let me show you how beautiful the world is they fly around it 10 out of 10 ending for me folks oh, yeah. landed it just like real uh disney disney animation studios caught that shit like a couple decades later and was like magic carpet we could do this maybe we could use this but it's a guy hitting on a woman yeah (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, i think the other moral that was a little bit more subversive was uh uh parents should listen to their kids or the kids will end up giving information to the enemy you know, the mom didn't listen to the kid, so he went off and talked to the random woman. So listen to your kids or they'll give information to the cops. You don't want that. That's true. Good moral. Great moral. <laughs> it's very subversive. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I did not see those deeper themes like you did. I wish I had. They're Sorry. not deep. <laughs> They're lines. <laughs> <laughs> They're like two lines, but yeah. Uh, Charlie, you got anything else you want to say about this movie before we? Uh... Oh, Tokyo Beat Cop, I guess is the name of the comic. Oh, nice. I don't know. No, I think that's it. Sweet. Uh, do we have the Gamera scale somewhere? Yeah, I got it right here. Oh, you're the best. Although I'm really tempted to just rate it on the needle drop scale now. <laughs> um. <laughs> Why not both? Um, Hell yeah. S. Ninja Turtle. A. Turtles all the way down. B. Bowser. C. Filbert. D. Turtle that bit Charlie's nose. F. Dana Carvey dresses a turtle. Varda, you go first. Dana Carvey giving a moment <laughs> of silence for 9 11 in the <laughs> turtle suit. So an S plus? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm between. Dana Carvey and Turtle that bit Charlie's nose. I'm gonna give it to Turtle that bit Charlie's nose. Uh, but he's wearing glasses and he never forgets. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a light filbert. I, I'm feeling a <laughs> I'm feeling a light filbert on this one. Hell yeah. Awesome. Uh, sweet. So we're about to do our pitches for, uh, a Gamera movie we'd like to make, but, uh, we, I hear Charlie, we have a listener submission. Yes, we do. This was sent in 
from uh, Thomas Pinchon, Pinchon of New York. <laughs> How nice. See you listening. Um, big fan of the show. He is yeah, a big fan of the show, and he told me that he had a really good idea for a Godzilla movie. Um, and for a Godzilla movie? Yeah, I know it's not Gamera, but okay. I, I thought we could make an exception. Um, because yeah, he had to send it to Charlie because I blocked his email address because he's so obsessed with the show. <laughs> yeah, he's been a listener <laughs> since like our third episode, I think. Yeah, um, totally. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Doc must have drifted away. When they let him off back at the motel, Charlie M wasn't there, though her things were. He looked around for a note and couldn't find one. He rolled a joint, lit up, and settled in in front of all-night freaky features where Godzilla's Island, a movie for TV in which the Japanese monster meets the sitcom Castaways, was just about to begin. Over the, over the opening credits, Godzilla, out in search of some R&R after his latest urban demolition binge, stumbles, literally, upon the island, causing immediate anxiety among the survivors of the Minnow's historic cruise. We just had to stay alive, as Marianne explains it to Ginger, till the Japanese self-defense forces get on the case, which is usually quicker than you can say kamikaze. Kame, Ginger begins, but is drowned out by a sky full of jet fighter aircraft, which begin to fire rockets at Godzilla, who as usual is no more than mildly inconvenienced. See, nods Marianne as the laugh track also explodes in mirth. Unnoticed in the uproar, the professor has arrived with a peculiar-looking piece of anti-Godzilla weaponry he has been working on, featuring various analog control panels, parabolic antennas, and giant helical glass coils pulsing with an unearthly purple glow. But before he can get to demonstrate it, Gilligan, mistaking the device for the skipper, falls out of a tree on top of it, (laughs) narrowly avoiding irradiation and impalement. I just got it calibrated, cries the professor in dismay. Maybe it's still in warranty, wonders Gilligan. We get a crane shot from what is supposed to be Godzilla's point of view. He is looking down at the behavior on the island, endearingly perplexed as always, scratching his head in a way meant to remind us of Stan Laurel. Fade to commercial. Hell yeah. (laughs) What a good submission. Thank you. I I was worried that his last book had already been written, but I'm I'm glad to know that he's he's still... uh, (laughs) penning works mm-hmm. yeah what's that from charlie it's nice knowing we have such creative fans by the way uh, <laughs> it's very heartwarming all right listeners you'll have to figure out for yourself where that's from um <laughs> okay i was reading in hair and vice last week and uh that seemed to be the perfect Hell book yeah. to be reading because it has that uh, right scene in it. <laughs> Okay, before I go into my treatment, uh, can I hear the titles to y'all's movies so we so people can know ahead of time what the three are? Sure. Do we have titles? Yeah. 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 Okay. Mine is Gamera versus Bigfoot. Oh. Hell yeah. Oh, I know what your story is going <laughs> <Yep>. to be. <laughs> Same. Uh, I'm so psyched. Uh <laughs> Do you know what my story's going to be? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> we both have fucking guesses that we can... I can see in his eyes we got the same guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, probably not, then. Uh, Gamera versus the Ring Builders of Saturn. Ooh. Damn. Hell yeah. All right. Well, before we get to hear those, uh, 
please indulge me in my treatment for Gamera versus the Future. So, oh, that's a really good name. Uh, the year is 2XXX. <laughs> Most of the populated areas of Earth are controlled by United Earth. Civilization is powered by wind, hydro, solar, and geothermal energy. It's a neoliberal heavenscape. Or is it? Uh, we meet a group of young anarchists, of course, who uh, oppose this worldwide government. They're living off-grid in the woods outside the city they're from, or whatever. People in this future time tell tales of a being named Gamera, fighting off evil kaiju to protect the children of Earth, but many of them don't believe the stories. Gamera is totally known to exist. They see Gamera wandering around from time to time, kind of aimlessly it seems, but people aren't sure what his deal is or why, or whether he could ever fight or fly like the stories say. So it's just like, like a senile Gamera wandering around, essentially. It, as it, it appears so. Okay. Yeah. So they need to on a, they need to pretend to harm a child in front of it and see who <laughs> reacts. Uh, so after the story begins, Gamera appears yet again from the ocean. He's super weak and slow, and he starts walking inland, and he approaches a volcano. But most of this worldwide civilization is powered by geothermal energy and there's a huge facility cutting off the mouth of the volcano um, and because this is like the United Earth government's main power supply these volcanoes and uh, geothermal plants it's heavily guarded by the United Earth military so a slow and lumbering Gamera bashes through the gates with the power of his weak knees and the attack on Gamera starts he makes it to the walls of the cube or whatever shape that's capping the volcano and he begins trying to bash the walls in but it's too late he's too weak bullets and rockets and lasers fly and he gets into his shell and he starts slowly spinning but just puffs of smoke spurt out then nothing and finally he crawls away back toward the ocean as they're just pummeling him with with all that shit so this footage makes it to the news, and it is very anti-Gamera, folks. The news is super anti-Gamera. It's a bummer. Bullying him? Yeah, dude. The whole media is bullying him. Just like, the look how weak he is. Him. Gamera is canceled. Well, I mean, they, I think they think he's a danger, you know, even though he is such a, at this point, pathetic danger, you might say. So, but the anarchists, they've heard that Gamera is powered by fire. The myths they've heard tell of him inhaling the fire of the industrial power plants that used to blanket the earth. And even they've heard of him sucking in the heat from mouths of volcanoes before unleashing a super powerful attack on his enemy. So they suspect that now that fossil fuels are no more and the world's volcanoes are being used as sources of power, Gamera has no power source and that's why he's dying. That's why he's in this state. So. The anarchists have already been sick of all this fucking greenwashing bullshit, and they're like, this is the last straw. So they got to take action against the Leviathan called Civilization. The Kaiju called Civilization, you could say, right? Uh, the nearest energy source to them is a local wind farm, and they're like, fuck it. They make a bunch of bombs, they put one at the base of each turbine, and 
they all explode. The fucking turbines go crashing down into a heap of fire, taking down the facilities that power them and just setting the rubble ablaze. Gamera appears. I don't know why. I don't know if there's a, ki a kid in danger. Maybe it's because they're anarcho anarchities or whatever. He has <laughs> a soft thing in his heart for them. So he gets there and he inhales this giant fire and he gets his strength back. He... I don't know how this happens, but it, it's really cool. He flies all the anarchists back to where they need to go on his shell, and then he heads to that back to that geothermal facility. He fights the military with fire breath. He takes out tons of soldiers who can't even get close. Planes fly into him like they've lost their minds. The military releases thousands of robot police dogs that climb all over Gamera, like in the second Heisei movie, like covering him, and he just spins them all up. You know that police robot dog thing? It's like, <laughs> just fucking spinning them off. Uh, he stomps on tanks. He blasts holes through solar-powered defense robots and electric-powered stealth bombers. He destroys the facility, reaches the peak of the volcano, takes a fat bong rip from his peak. Then guess what? He just keeps destroying shit. Y'all know like, what I like in my kaiju movies. Uh, he smashes dams, setting rivers free. He's spinning through fields of wind turbines and flocks of birds are doing celebratory loop-de-loops behind him. He destroys the, UN the United Earth capital, obviously. Suddenly, another kaiju appears. Uh, this is like uh, a Gamera size, but a little bigger axolotl. Y'all know axolotls? Yeah. Uh, like... Yeah, but it's like glowing neon colors that are like pulsing and changing. And suddenly, this axolotl thing starts destroying a city. So Gamera flies down to meet it and then just destroys the city with him and the credits roll. She <laughs> <laughs> say, you're not going to have them fight. <laughs> no way. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's Gamera vs. the Future. That's beautiful. I'm going to be real with you. <laughs> sounds like an awesome fucking movie, dude. Sounds like an awesome fucking movie. I think, I think, you have a lot of tr peep trouble convincing um, people that uh, the neoliberal uh, greenscape uh, needs to go. Um, I I think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to look at your plot and be like, "Why are we rooting for the guys destroying the wind farms?" Because I. Yeah, I mean, I have no sympathy for people who can't look Gamera in the eye and feel that it's a tragic figure that we must... It's like the ones who walk away from Omelas. You know, if we're doing all this but a Gamera is hurting, is it worth it? Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> Most nope. people would probably say, yes, it is worth it. <laughs> this is pretty sick. Not not me. I'm down to be controversial. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I... I mean, I did have them specifically choose a wind farm because it's like perceived as the least harmful well all the, the birds yeah all i mean it's birds. a few birds every day yeah, yeah totally um plus i mean they rip down fucking mountaintops to even transport those giant things they take indigenous land blah 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 you should explain all that in your film I'm going to have Gamera explain it. Every once in a while, it'll cut away, and Gamera will have glasses on, and he'll be in front of a chalkboard with a pointer, <laughs> and he'll just be explaining the like that green energy isn't green. Are you, you and then he'll have... be like, you know what is green? Me, Gamera. And then he'll point to his green scales. You can have the Shobajin show up and translate uh, for him. <laughs> That'd be cool. That'd be cool. That would be cool. I love this movie. Um, I'm going to give you $185 million to make it. Thank you. Yeah. Hell no yeah. No problem. No problem. I think Sorry, how much are you throwing into the pot? <laughs> I, 
I want to see one more scene with Axolotl. That's my one. Okay. Is can I do like a post credit scene where the Axolotl and Gamma are like hanging out with Thor? So you know Thor's in the next movie. Hell yeah! <laughs> um, all right, I I don't make as much money as Barto, so I'll give you like eight thousand. Thanks, dude. Hell yeah. Um, but just real quick, the Axolotl is like green, like glowing green. Like this is like. No, it's a bunch of different colors. It's like a rainbow of changing colors. Oh, so yeah. I I was working under the assumption that this is like a casualty of like green nuclear energy. No, I have energy. no reason. Oh, okay. I just wanted to bring one in that people might think he's going to fight, but actually they're buds. No, yeah. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, but I also... I had this written like shittily on my phone until an hour before we did this, and then I realized I had never decided what kind of kaiju. So that was quick at the. Last oh yeah, second. you just audible and axolotl. No, no, right before we recorded, oh. between getting off work and recording. Good choice. I I would love to see a big axolotl. Uh, it's never been done. Screen never been done. Yeah. yeah, we never had the technology to do such thing until now. <laughs> Until you could my $185 million entered the picture. <laughs> you could only see the axolotl on IMAX. Any other screen will be too small, and you just that part won't be in the movie. Yeah. The, yeah. I love this. The really cool thing about it is uh, when you go to see it, you get really entranced by the axolotl, so you keep coming back to see it over and over. Hell yeah. And then eventually you realize that you're the axolotl in the movie staring back out at the uh, <laughs> person in the theater coming to see the movie. What a good reference, dude. It's a little literary I, reference for, for my peeps. I did pick an axolotl because that's my favorite short story. And <laughs> that's so weird because I already brought up my other favorite short story, the ones who walk away from almost during this. What a trip. What uh, What are you talking about? Uh, what's his name? Cortazar? Cortazar? Something like that? Is it Cortazar who wrote that one? Yeah. It's this, like, page and a half short story where this kid goes to, like, an, a, a lizard section of, like, a zoo or some shit or a aquarium. I can't remember. And he's looking at an axolotl, and then suddenly he's the axolotl looking at himself, and he watches him walk away, and then he's yeah. just there forever. Oh, wow. Uh, he, he keeps coming back, like, a, every day to look at the axolotl, and then, like, the personality kind, yeah. of, kind of merges until at the end it's, like... He's Axolotl looking out at the kid. Hmm. Cortazar is great. This story is like a page long or something. Yeah. Maybe four or something. I think it's like uh, a page and a half. Check it out. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, it's a it's a big Hollywood's a big weekend. We got room for all three of us. I mean, you all going to wait a respectful like 10 or 11 years after mine's made. Of um, course. To give it room to breathe. <laughs> but then what do we got? What do we got next? That'd be really weird because... Uh... Okay, just want to emphasize I've not edited this, um, so it's kind of a mess. I also want to emphasize that you warned us. Yes, that that I'm gonna. What was the word you chose? Unhinged. That you would. Yeah, this might make you seem unhinged, and so that if this is unhinged, we're gonna cut it. If it's too unhinged. If it's too unhinged. I feel like... The, so if we... Yeah. If we cut it, our our minds are wrecked. Yeah. Like, We're, if you don't hear it, audience, we saved yeah. your ass. Yeah. That's for the greater good. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe yeah, sure. in the power of Charlie's sick mind <laughs> to be able to like walk us so perfectly down that line. I don't think I'm going to have to cut it. I think we're going to. I'm going to throw up. I, yeah. I want to throw up good, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I throw up nasty. Yeah. Can you remind okay. us the name, Charlie? I, I um, <laughs> Gamera versus Bigfoot. Which both of you guys oh, are like, yeah. oh, I know what you're going to do with this. I'm very I curious. I'm just assuming porn. I'm assuming porn. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Wait, really? <laughs> we were both assuming it. <laughs> oh, I should have said no. Damn it. <laughs> um, no, it's good. We got we got let down easy just now. That's good. <laughs> um, yeah, not really unhinged. Like, there's something like, just like way too crazy gonna happen just overall just uh i don't know okay um we're ready in the year 2028 police unions took power over the federal government of the united states using the tendrils of superpower they undertook a campaign to, to thrust police unions in power across the globe the tokyo metropolitan government building once home to the pretense of government democracy is now the hive of an outright fascist police union state one of the most powerful and influential of the police unions in the world the Kurove Dam is one of the main locations where the police government conducts its scientific experiments. One of the main projects they are looking into is the myth of the phoenix. Nobusuke, a rising, power-hungry member of the union, his face draped in, in clothes as all high-up members of the union are. <laughs> um, he has discovered the existence of the phoenix within an underground lake of lava and has successfully led a campaign to capture it. The giant bird of fire is currently being held captive at Karube, tied down and constantly drugged to keep it docile. In addition to this, they've decided to not feed the bird, this will both torture it and keep it in a weakened state, and they will get to experience its rejuvenation properties on a loop. Nobusuke has calculated how long it takes between the great bird's rejuvenation and its subsequent deaths, and sells access to, uh, access to people to witness the death and, and, and its rebirth. Yeah, the sells access to high society. The phoenix is kept within a giant soundproof dome as it, as it constantly looks up the sky and emits ear-splitting cries of mourning. Oof. The other main experiment at Karabai Dam is your classic Bigfoot experiment. Nobusuke has hired the greatest Sasquatch hunters around the world to secure for him the elusive beast. The dam currently houses in cramped cages 16 of the creatures with different types of species from around the world. The purpose of the experiment is to study and extract their DNA in order to create super soldiers. We focus on operation underway of Wait, underground. Wait, So, part human, part Bigfoot super soldiers? <laughs> yeah, that's the plan. That was that <laughs> was yeah. what the fucking um, CIA was convinced the Russians were trying to do uh, during the Cold War in their Yeti hunt. <laughs> they were. They thought the Yetis. Maybe had psychic powers that they were going to they use do. to make Soviet super soldiers. There was, at yeah, least, shit. there was at least a small part of our intelligence services who were concerned about this. So Charlie is really onto something. I Where mean, can I? Japanese that's awesome. are onto something. Oh yeah, Charlie's just recounting the the truth from the future. Yeah. All right. <sighs> We focus on an operation underway of, of uh, underground subversives. They're loose networks, despite their weakness and disorganization under the crushing uh, police state, have determined one of the main hubs of power is the Karabe Dam. 
Led by a charismatic militant strategist named Inijiro, they muster what power they have and launch a terrorist attack against the dam. Inijiro's 11-year-old son, Junji, wants to join, but he is told that he is too young and is made to stay behind with his mother, Shijinobu. Mother and son worry... Wait, the 11-year-old wants to join the sabotage mission against the dam? Yeah. Hell yeah. This He's... is why we need zines to be accessible to all. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Don't use big words, folks. Just pump them out. All right. I'm with you. I agree. Um, mother and son, worried and walking along a creek together, wasting their time away uh, while worried about their father and husband, they come across a two-headed turtle. Junji picks the turtle up, and in disgust, he calls it a freak. His mother is quick to admonish him and tell him that speaking in physical deformities like that is wrong, and she tries this, the spin is saying two heads means he has double the brains, and it may actually be a gift that he has two heads instead of the derision that you label it with, and just needs love to flourish. Junji is still disgusted, and he throws the turtle back into the, into the water. So he's not all good. Um, no. Yeah, they should, he should have gone on the dam mission. Yeah. Cut back to the dam mission. Um, while successful in sabotage and destruction, they are largely being killed off. Being led by Inijira, they come upon the Bigfoot caves. Bigfoot cages, and they release all the Bigfoots, and the gorgeous sexy beasts start to roam off. Um, some of them, though, despite their peaceful nature, go absolutely ham on the people that were torturing them. Uh, and tear the government guards apart. Uh, I want to watch this movie so badly. <laughs> the government yes. guards. I mean, you already it sounds like you gave him all your money away. Should no, split it between us. Just <laughs> you have no idea this dude's pockets, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the tear apart the guards who repeatedly abused and tortured them. Nobusuke. Not knowing the origins of the attack, orders his men to kill the Bigfoot, afraid that this is another gov- an operation of another government trying to steal uh, his science. And 15 of the creatures are mowed down. But one manages to sneak away and swims away in the water. The rebel forces now make their way to the building that houses the Phoenix. The building is uh, set fire and... Uh, and parts of it blown off, blowing away the soundproof roof. With the cage now penetrated, the phoenix's call is able to emit far and wide. The rebels take a horrified and astonished look at this mythical creature who they had no idea was, was here. The phoenix has been brutally vivisected. Many pieces of it are completely unattached to each other, though these pieces still seem to have some movement and life to them. Some pieces are half-assedly reattached. Even one limb is stapled back together, as if done in mockery instead of any real attempt at reattachment. The fluids from the creature are being collected into giant vats, with one tube being attached directly to the heart. At this point, the rebel forces are being completely crushed and killed, but all of a sudden a giant flying turtle by the name of Gamera comes spinning down from the heavens. Complete chaos breaks out with explosions and fire all around the compound. You see... The shot of Novasuke and his top underlings, all covered in cloaks, kneeling down and praying and chanting. White, white yeah. flashes. Glimpses are seen of tentacles. High-pitched otherworldly noises and screeches are heard. Blood and unknown fluids are splattering all around. Something huge swoops by. Complete chaos. And in the aftermath, the compound is completely destroyed. Gamera is cut in half. Its pieces falling into the water, 
along with pieces of the phoenix and one of its vats of fluid. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. I'm only like halfway done. I'm sorry. No, dude. See, <laughs> yeah, we're on the edge of our seats, dude. <laughs> a few days later, dealing with the death of his father, Junji is walking along the creek when he finds another two-headed turtle. This time, though, one of the heads and his corresponding limbs are furry, not from a turtle. They are, in fact, a little Bigfoot. He's half turtle, half Bigfoot. Junji remembers what his mom told him and decides to take this creature home and keep it as a pet. Now, we cut to a montage of him hiding the creature from his mom as he tries to raise it. But once it gets to the size of up to about his knees, he can't keep it hidden any longer. And his mom, Shishinobu, finds the, the creature, but she sees in the turtle half what she remembers of the legend of Gamera and having heard rumors about Gamera trying to save, trying to fight and save her husband and the rebels, she decides to pitch in and help raise the creature. The montage continues as, as it grows and grows until it's full size, uh, living in the caverns uh, underneath the town uh, to be kept off the government's radar. Shijinuba has held together the remains of the local rebels and has rebuilt them into a new force. A new member who stays hidden behind a veil due to a facial deformity tells them that the government has rebuilt the complex at the dam and has somehow recaptured the phoenix and continues to, to conduct experiments. Wait, the rebels I, launch... I'm sorry, yes. can I ask? Yes. What is full size? You said the the, the Bigfoot camera is going full size. Is it Bigfoot size or is it camera size? It's uh, camera size. Yeah, oh, Bigfoot has really just yeah. grown as big as Gamera, and it shares the shell with Gamera, but it's but yeah, has a Bigfoot arm and a Bigfoot leg and Bigfoot head popping out. Okay. Hell oh, yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, Rebels launch another attack, this time with Gamera Foot, Gamera Foot aiding from the beginning. Gamera Foot destroys the first line of defense of government forces, one head breathing fire, the other head giving up its past life's vegan ways and just eating people by the handful. <laughs> then, then it happens again. White light, tentacles, otherworldly noises, and screeching. Something swoops in. But this time, the agile Bigfoot, Bigfoot half of the creature, catches it as it swoops by, and now we see the creature. It's an alien monster from hell. A mass of writhing tentacles, its true form impossible to see all at once. Only glimpses are caught here and there as the tentacles move back and forth. What can be seen is a body covered in mouths, all crying out in different tones in different tones, some mouths located on the body itself, some mouths located on the hundreds of different heads of different men, different beasts, some known to this world, some known only to other worlds. The battle ensues and eventually Gamera Foot wins. Although greatly wounded, he tears apart the monster into pieces. However, the police union is still there, gathered in a circle chanting. The leader of the union is revealed to be the rebel who tipped the rebels off that the dam is being rebuilt. It turns out that this is Nobusuke. The union removed their hoods. Only some of them are human. The other are reptilian aliens. Because Whoa. cops are dull, they have been able to infiltrate the police union governments around the world. They, they originally came to this planet to subjugate it to their god, the creature that Gamera Foot has just destroyed. However, Nobusuke recognized the power of Gamera and Gamera Foot and lured him back here to proposition him. They'd like to make him their new god and extend the kingdom across the galaxy in his name. They can use the power of the phoenix to melt him with the remains of their old god and create a being worthy of bending every other great god to his will. 
Gamera immediately blows a fire fireball at the circle of cops, turning all of them into burning corpses. Yes. Bigfoot, however, is not happy about this. He wanted to take them up on the proposition and wanted to become an all-powerful god. He proceeds to tear himself in half, and both sides of the kaiju cry in pain as viscera is flown from its body for miles. Once the body is torn asunder, the two halves slip motionless into the water. Time passes, the sun rises and falls over the dam. Then one day, a giant, wholly formed turtle, camera-sized turtle, emerges from the water and flies off in the distance. Time continues to pass, and a great beast rises from the water, the melding of Bigfoot and the Old God. The end. It's Gamera versus Bigfoot, baby. Woo! That was so Sorry, good, that was way too long. That was great. I would love to give you $185 million to make that movie. <laughs> Hell yeah. Thank you. I love that we both went with like the kind of classic fantasy version of magic where like people know it exists, but they haven't seen it and they have to believe. But with Gamera, I, that's great. Like the mom <laughs> being like, I've heard tale of her. Hell yeah. That is a legendary creature. Damn. That was so good. Was, it was really opened up for an epic sequel, too. Yeah. Yep. You left it hanging. Yeah. Gotta good, keep good. the money coming in. I'm so I've learned a thing my, or two from the Marvel Universe. I'm so <laughs> bummed that I am going last because, like, those were both so fucking good. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure yours will be great, Parto. I mean, it'll be fine. Uh, it's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, my only my only question for you, Charlie, is are you sure it's not big feet when there's more than one? Just something to think about. Who's to say? I would say like a herd of Bigfoot. Like if you know, I would they, say big feet. And I'm the one with hundred and eighty five um, million dollars now. So well, well, so it's so, well that's true. I don't I, have hundred and eighty five million dollars. Uh, yeah, you're empty now. <laughs> one one thing, uh I mentioned how it's they had captured sixteen from all around the the globe. What I envisioned there was like some were, were Yeti, some were skunk apes, I, some I, were your classic Bigfoot. Totally. I was right there with you, brother. I felt it. Totally. What's Hell the yeah. one in Indonesia? There's like an Indonesian one. Yeah. Um, I forget what that one's I called. I just saw something about that one the other day. But yeah, I don't remember. What's the Missouri one named again? The Missouri one. I don't know, Charlie. It's like, it? oh my God, what's it called? You sent me stuff about it after my ghost encounter in Missouri. You were like, could it have been... Blah, 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 blah. I forget what it was. I did or Barton did? You did, Charlie. Momo. Momo, yeah. I completely forgot about Momo. Well, it's your fucking in your backyard, bro. Momo the monster. Watch out. I'm going to go look Missouri for Momo. monster. Huh. All right. Uh... Barto, how you feeling following up those trailers with this feature film? I feel fucking bad. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> no. Um, what was yours again? Mine is Gamera versus the Ring Builders of Saturn. That's right. Hell yeah. That's such a good name. That's awesome name. Also, high five to everyone for doing Gamera versus something. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad it, it went that yeah, way. Excellent. Unlike the movie we covered. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus. Stupid fucking movie. Um, Get that shit back to the video store. Yeah, Jesus. John Podesta is welcomed into a lush. <laughs> what am I missing? What is that from? John Podesta is like a 
high up Democrat operative who like worked a lot with uh, Hillary, um, and so there's a lot, <laughs> yeah. a, lot, a lot of like the QAnon stuff like revolves around him, like He's and his brother, his brother Tom Podesta is also like accused of all this QAnon stuff. I mean, okay, he was the guy that is... I think that had the pizza stuff first related to him. John Podesta, okay. Was. okay. yeah, yeah. He, okay. Yeah. Lots of like, what kind of pizza should we eat? You know. Like, mm-hmm. um, he's, My, he's legit into UFOs mm. and some other weird stuff. I forgot but, about that. Okay. Got it. John Podesta is welcomed in a lush Chapaqua uh, home as the help takes his coat. The lord and lady of the house are in the basement. I'll see you down. Pictures of the Clintons with all manner of celebrities adorn the wall. Nelson Mandela, Sarah Jessica Parker, Jeffrey Epstein. The help pulls open a large wooden door, picks up a candelabra from a nearby table, and escorts John Podesta down a dark stone stairwell. At the bottom are a hooded mass. John takes his cloak from a wall hanger and joins the crowd. He stands quietly and clenches his hand as sweat drops off his brow. Suddenly, on the stage in the back of the room, Marina Abramovic emerges. <laughs> she starts speaking in a horrifically deep voice. Before finishing with a smile, the adrenochrome with. The camera pans over. <laughs> Behind Abramovic, from where she emerged, children are huddled in a cage. Camera, save us, they yell. Cut. Tetsuya Yamagami is very excited to be on a trip to the United States with his parents and pet turtle, Gam Gam. It's a beautiful day, and for some reason, they're spending a touring the White House. Tetsuo's mom is strict and caring. His dad, aloof but gentle. He takes many pictures. Tetsuo, amid the boring history of the West Wing, laments that he wishes Gamera was here. His mother shushes him and reminds him that in a post-9-11 world, you can't say things like bomb or Gamera in the White House. (laughs) Wait, so he's just at the White House going, I wish Gamera was here? Yeah. For, oh, hell yes. Okay. There's, got it. Yeah. One thing leads to another, and Gam Gam the turtle goes missing, and Tetsuo wanders off, catching the turtle just as he's sneaking into a slightly ajar door. Inside, President Joe Brandon is engaged in raptured dialogue with two peculiar-looking men. <laughs> It makes you feel 20 years younger, Mac, and we ain't asking for much, just one of the ringmakers. <laughs> Tetsua, who's been hiding behind a couch, coughs. The peculiar men are about to respond when Joe cuts them off. Well, 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 free sample. <laughs> Tetsua tries to take off, but secret service agents emerge, grabbing him. Hand them to our friends, we got things to do. Like the children in the basement, Tetsuo screams, Gamera! Before being taken underground to the waiting UFO. Gam Gam fruitlessly heads back to the parents to warn them. 
cut to our hero Gamera soaring above the Atlantic. He roars and shifts course, heading straight for DC. Cut to Norad, a dim room of lit faces from uh, computer screens. General, Gamera has changed course and is heading straight to DC. Do we run intercept? Of course they run intercept, and it's cutting between jets scrambling and firing at Gamera and the peculiar men strapping in Tetsuwa and flying the UFO out of a secret tunnel beneath the White House and taking off. Tetsuwa cries, Gamera, as he's whisked away into space (laughs) while Gamera holds his own against more and more scrambling jets. The peculiar men explain to Tetsuwa that they're going to their home world, Saturn, where they were sent many eons ago by the other aliens to learn how to love, (laughs) but they did not learn how to love, and instead they only grew more resentful, going as far as to raise giant space-traveling beasts in order for them to craft a giant weapon that orbited around the planet, only to have it destroyed by the other aliens who thought they were still being assholes. (laughs) <laughs> and now the giant rings you see around Saturn are the remains of that weapon. Mostly broken glass, but also furniture. And the giant ring makers are relegated to cleaning up that trash. <laughs> but the Saturnians have a plan to construct a new, bigger, larger, more secretive weapon. But they are getting tired. Their lack of love has made them tired and old and earthlings (laughs) say adrenochrome is the solution par excellence and all the earthlings require for an unlimited supply of that adrenochrome is a ring ring maker of their own suddenly an announcement over the ship intercom Gamera is coming The ship speeds towards the gas giant and passes through its rings, and we are treated to what appear to be huge sheets of broken glass and office furniture. One of the Saturnians hits the intercom. Release the ring builders! And out of an artificial satellite orbiting the planet come two ring builders, faceless creatures in a sort of humanoid form, but appear to be a collection of boulders that fly through space towards Gamera. The UFO goes into the satellite. A battle between the ring builders and Gamera ensues. He eventually defeats them and crashes through the door into the satellite. Surprised and horrified, the Saturnians lose track of Tetsuwa, who runs to Gamera's open mouth, ensuring him safe travels through space. The Saturnians make pursuit with a whole gaggle of ring builders hanging on to the back of the UFO. They are furious and call President Joe Brandon demanding children because they are tired and old. Not only will they destroy the Earth if they don't get that sweet adrenochrome, but they're never going to give Brandon his ring builder. (laughs) Lamenting, President Brandon tells them where to find the stash. The Saturnians enter Clinton Residence into their navigation system. Brandon wakes up. Of course it's there. uh, Brandon calls up Bill to explain the situation. We see the UFO approaching, but what's that? Gamera is waiting to ambush the whole operation. Bill just gets out. Sounds like we're gonna have some visitors, Hill Dog. (laughs) 
when the UFO comes crashing into the Clinton compound. Bill and Hillary are instantly obliterated in the resulting explosion, and as the foundation of the house is leveled, the children held in the basement are revealed. Tetsuo leaps from the giant turtle's mouth and springs into action to rescue the other kids while Gamera fights the rock monsters who have all manner of wrestling moves and throw pieces of themselves. We'll say it's a close fight, who knows, but we will say Gamera wins. <laughs> After rescuing the children, Tetsuo contacts a mission, missing and exploited kids hotline to start reuniting them with their families while Gamera realizes the U.S. is just too fucked up to continue and unceremoniously destroys all the government buildings in our nation's capital. The end. Woo! Yes! I'm giving you $185 billion. Yes! That was awesome. Dire Studios, we're, we're, our phone lines are open. <laughs> that, when I first was trying to write down ideas for this one of the first ones was QAnon to save our children over right. but i was like i tried and i was like i am totally inadequate and i was hoping so badly that you were gonna do that and you did it so well i had this fear i had this like what if all three of us do QAnon? <laughs> <laughs> i never could have approached that you're you're way deeper in it that was fucking awesome oh my god that's uh, great yeah i love i love that we get to like like not only do you like kill political leaders but we get to meet them first and then you kill them <laughs> so it feels so much more real and satisfying you know oh yeah that's amazing that but that felt <clears throat> that felt good i feel like we could make these movies if someone you know if we weren't just passing around the same $185 million, (laughs) I feel like we could make these movies. (laughs) Fully agree. I, it it is a shame that major studios owe these, own these IPs and that Kaiju movies are such a endeavor because man, the lack of imagination, you know, this is just going to make the next six Kaiju movies. I watch such a bummer because of what could have been, you know, yeah, I, I don't know if if any if... listener knows someone at Die Studios. You know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Is Die Studios still around? Um, probably, probably. I, I I was thinking about it when I was writing this movie. Is that like, um, I thought about that movie Contact. You guys remember that movie Contact? Yeah, I never saw that. Yeah, it's uh, whatever. Uh, but Bill Clinton is heavily in it. And now it's just news clips, but it's like oh. cleverly edited to make it look like he's maybe a character in this movie. And <laughs> I was thinking that like if that flew, maybe we could obliterate him in a camera yeah. film without um, getting sued. <laughs> yeah, we could totally obliterate yeah. him. In mind, I mean, in the in the in the movie, in the film, yeah, conceptually, yeah. we yeah, don't have totally. a giant turtle at our disposal. There's no UFO. I mean, there's no nothing. We could probably we could get him to star in the movie. We just offer some him some adrenochrome. That's true. That's true. true. true but true, where true. are we going to get the adrenochrome where we won't oh, attract wing. the ire of Gamera? <laughs> well, 
good question. Camera doesn't actually exist. Think about that. What? Hmm? <laughs> Anyways, uh, those were those were beautiful, folks. Holy shit, that was so much more fun than watching Super Monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know how to end this now. I feel like because we we did the awards already. Do, oh mean, yeah, we do did I the wanna, rating. Do I want to mm-hmm. give the the Praxis Award to like one <laughs> of your guys? I don't know. <laughs> I'm giving Dumb Cop of the Week to all the cops that got hit by fire in Charlie's script. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Praxis Award to the UFO for taking out the Clintons. Absolutely. And uh, favorite shot has got to be when it's revealed that the Phoenix or like that weird many, many mouth monster has joined up with Bigfoot. I mean, come on. Yeah. Burned into my brain. Yeah, it's going to be scary. Trust me. (laughs) I'm I'm telling you, I got that 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 image of the tied down Phoenix. Like, oh, yeah, the, the first the particularly the first before. Mm. They you stapled him back together or her, yeah. Uh, that really just like lodged in my brain is is it's cinema to me. I think I should have gone the porn route. <laughs> I was so sure that you were. Gonna... Yeah, we were both. <laughs> when you both were like, "Oh, I know so what you did." I was like, "What?" As yeah. like deranged, and I'm like, "Yeah." And and then you said Bigfoot and. The thing I know about you and Bigfoot is that you have directed me to the letterboxed of Bigfoot pornography. Yeah, same. Same. We were all, neither of us skipped a beat. We were sure. <laughs> no sidebar, nothing. Just Yeah, I I can't even picture how a Bigfoot would be half, like how a being would be half Bigfoot, half camera, but somehow it's also burned in my brain. And I don't even know what it looks like. I mean, the turtle shell, (laughs) it's a whole turtle shell, so you just have Bigfoot limbs sticking out and a Bigfoot head sticking out. Okay. Is there also, there's also a Gamera head, right? Yeah, and also also a Gamera head and a Gamera. From earlier in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's basically just half camera, half Bigfoot, but a turtle shell encompassing it all. I think this... Bigfoot in a half heads. shell, I, camera you, power. You know the other thing I see with your movie, Charlie, that maybe me and Rabbit's movie is lacking? Merchandising. I see no. action figures. Yeah, I see totally. mugs from Burger King. I see like... <laughs> Everything. We're gonna make totally. back our 185 million dollars so fast before it even comes out. Yeah, yeah, so fast. Totally. Bags of oranges that have like Bigfoot camera on them, and, uh, <laughs> or, or the Phoenix. The Phoenix. Is I mean, presumably orange, right? We can, yeah, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Can we can do the same with John Podesta's face. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for listening to our pitches and our coverage of Super Monster, and we hope you join us next time when we're covering Paranormal Activity. So stoked for that. And yeah, yeah, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can rate and review us. You can find us on Twitter and now on Blue Sky at NoGodsPod. You can email us, NoGodsPod at gmail.com. 
And if you want to support the show, why don't you write your own Gamera pitch and send it to us so we can check it out? Mm-hmm. And I could give you $185 million.